All right, welcome everybody to episode five of the Venture Podcast. I am Travis Miller, and I am here with Shana Etchcom and Tremaine Lightborn. And today we're talking about some uh, interesting stuff in terms of more inward driving perspective of the entrepreneur. We're talking about passion uh, and what else? Passion, purpose, <laughs> progress. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff that kind of the internal battles of the, the everyday entrepreneur. We talk a little bit about personal storytelling um, and, you know, adding bits and pieces of your story together to kind of weave your outlook and your perspective mm-hmm. on, you know, what you do and how that affects, you know, how you look at work and your overall, I guess, arching goals in life, right. those particular things. So. Beginning this pod, I mean, before this podcast, we you know, we took a break today and we watched uh, Chef's Table. Season 6 just dropped this weekend, so I was super excited. First time I've ever watched it. Right, so I mean, I Mine went... as well. So, I, I mean, I, I went to, to Sean and Jermaine, I was like, did they watch Chef's Table? And it's like, no. So I was like, uh, uh, close your all emails and let's go watch this on the big screen in the conference room at Venture Coworking. Shameless plug. And... <laughs> Uh, so we sat down and watched an episode from the the recent uh, series, and uh, it's a, one of my favorite chefs, Sean Brock, and he was talking about his story, so that was very dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend that you watch that in all the other episodes because Chef's Table is a very amazing documentary series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched Sean's story, um, but similar to Sean's story, all of the, the episodes revolve around a chef and basically how they started out, you know, their whole family history, um, and how their experiences kind of shaped their passion and purpose mm-hmm. um, and perspective on life through what they're doing. So, like, after we finished the episode, we talked about, you know, obviously dissecting the episode and seeing the parallels of what we do on a day-to-day um, and just having that general conversation around that. And we was like, okay, this definitely has to be an episode that we have to record, so that's where we are right now. So... Mm-hmm. But that being said, I don't know if you guys any initial thoughts that you wanted to throw in the fire to get this conversation going. Um, so in our follow-up conversation to the episode, we were talking about the fact that many people hesitate to share their story. And that even though there are others of us who want to share our story, to the point of being, um, what's the term, dismissive. Mm. Of other people's story. You mean contextually um, to like what we go through on a day to day? Yeah. So locally. Right. an example of that would be, you know, if someone says, hey, how are you doing? Sometimes it's more of a reflex out of nicety than them really caring about how we're doing. And so if we really do say like, yeah, my day wasn't all that great. And then some people, not all, um, launch into, well, at least, you know, this didn't happen to you, this is what happened to me, and then it like completely negates right. how you were feeling and what happened to you. Um, that makes many of us not want to share. Right, because you know, like, obviously with the people who care, who, who you generally care with, or you have friends with, like, you really go in those deep dives about what you're mm-hmm. dealing with, but the average person, you right. think they don't want to hear that stuff, or you know, like, people just asking just to be polite. Um, but like, again, like having those canned responses, oh, you know, doing, holding firm, mm-hmm. doing good, you know, can't complain, you know. We in the Bahamas, so sometimes it's holding on to the everlasting arm of God or the hand of Jesus or something. Right. God's grace, you yeah. know, God's spare life, mm-hmm. God's spare tire. Bless 
Yeah, all that stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's and again I, and I think people do it like you said, like to keep it moving, mm-hmm. basically. But as we know, there there is value. I mean, and granted, you can't do it for every conversation, but mm-hmm. there is value um, into b- being able to have those deep dives with a fellow entrepreneur because it is hard. It yeah. is difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and more times than not, you have a story or a lesson that you could share from that. And you just mm-hmm. don't know, especially like what they're going through, mm-hmm. um, even just to be an heir about some particular things that's going on. Because I think... And talking about what we, uh, a few of the things that we talked about before is that once we leave the house, we put on this persona, um, and that's our armor for the day. Nobody can have a hint that we are struggling or that mm-hmm. we're failing mm-hmm. um, because there's vulnerability in that. And then people, you know, and you want to have that success story always on, right? But you carry that weight, you carry that burden. Um, and then privately, privately mm-hmm. and a lot of that bottling up could lead to pressure and anxiety mm-hmm. to save face. Yeah. Or do you think you have to save face because, you know, you can't be the one failing, yeah. right, in the community yeah. and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an internal conflict because people want to be heard. Like, it's the human, the key part of the human experience to want to be heard, to want to connect. So the idea that we automatically put on this armor that is not just defending ourselves from the outside world, but also keeping us on the inside, mm-hmm. that in, that builds the pressure. Mm. That builds the, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. Right. Of having to be perfect or having to appear as though things are fine and well and dandy, even though you are internally about to combust. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, being in this small community, like where you have two and a half degrees of separation, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I see you, but I see you doing your thing, dog. And like, even the, the passively aggressive thing, oh, I see you doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 keep it up, baby. You use a boss, but you use a G. And like, they don't know the 18 million battles you got to do a day, right? So you just kind of like yeah. smile and roll it off. Yeah. And I don't think it's even a case where it's like, I want to tell this person, no, it is. I mean, no, it isn't that yeah. easy. And no, yeah. I'm not actually succeeding. I actually <laughs> I have to put out this fire right now and that can't be in this mad. conversation. Uh, comments like that make me mad yeah not intentional i know the person means it as a as a compliment mm. but it also sets this expectation of oh crap like people watching me mm-hmm. um and then oh they think i'm killing it i need to continue to look like i'm killing it even though mm. i'm really killing it right uh, and that's more pressure mm-hmm. um some of which there are many people again going back to our conversation pre-recording we were talking about the standard responses mm-hmm. that people give um, because they're not going to let the masks slip. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to talk about the failures, the anxieties, the fear. Um, and that's not taught in business school mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. That's not taught in business school. Um, I think... What isn't taught in business school? Like to have up the mask? To have to up the mask. Vulnerable. It's not taught in business Yeah, your either. persona isn't really either. defined in business school, I believe. It's not. I think that may however, be more defined by the culture. Right. So yeah. I was going to say, however, like we, we are, we're now exiting because it's like the age of the social media influencer and things like mm-hmm. that. We are moving away from the only picture of success as a business person is mm-hmm. Wall Street and mm-hmm. the corner office and whatever else. Those are the people who have like the neatly 
iron clothes, the starch clothes, the mm. suit and the tie, and everything is just no Niagara Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> shop and yeah, whatever else. So now it's turning into oh, like these are people killing it in business for real, mm-hmm. who are talking about the battles, the depression, or whatever else, and we're still getting used to that. That still makes yeah. us uncomfortable. And we're still getting used to that because the influencer aspect of it has been going on for a minute online, but the authentic piece of yes. that is only still it's becoming. Just coming, yeah, that's still becoming the norm, and right. it's not. It's nowhere near the norm yet because people, those people who are being authentic, and you see it on social media, they're still getting backlash. Yeah, they're still getting like told, "Oh, you shouldn't be." saying this and stop complaining you shouldn't talk about mental health and like so so in all of degrees like we are here in the Bahamas we are unfortunately anywhere from 10 to maybe 30 years behind any place else in the planet so in all of degrees we're probably no just in the western world yeah yeah it's definitely western Western, but Mm -hmm. if you look at eastern type of philosophy on how they approach work well not too far east but it's like more of a holistic yes. balance of doing like you just you, you are if anything mm-hmm. uh like you know you're proud in the job that you do whatever profession that may be mm-hmm. you could be plowing the fields but like that person plowing the fields they find zen mm-hmm. and doing that particular thing where i think in the western side it's like oh you have to do this you have to meet you these goals and, and you have to do that particular thing to do that whatever right and i think on on that regard too is that yet yeah, we we moved away um like we want to be celebrated for the persona mm. versus celebrated for you know the journey. The, the journey or the job that you're mm-hmm. you're particularly doing right. and what i found is those same people who tell me because i have people come up to me oh you want you have that facebook show with the girl with the glasses y'all the sisters and the whole idea is the shade Oh, Lord, shit. No, it's not shit. I know, I know, I know, yeah. But the whole idea is because culturally we're taught not to do things that aren't safe, Yeah. I think a lot of that, oh, I see you doing your thing, mm-hmm. comes from a place of maybe unconsciously, not all, but like, oh, are you doing that thing that I can't do? And so I sort of kind of feel a little bit of vicarious pride mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're yeah. stepping outside the box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they admire that too to an extent, especially people who want to do that and mm-hmm. yeah. literally do not does not have the clarity to um, see, you know, the way to do that. Mm-hmm. And they and, and I think that's where a lot of that admiration comes from, especially for the people who want just out. they want out. They see you. Mm-hmm. They don't know what your day to day really is like. Right. Right. They don't know, like they just see, oh, you're you're amazing at this thing, but yeah. the, and that's like the tip of the iceberg, but don't know all the the shit you yeah, have to they do. They want the iceberg. They want that. They want that tip. They want, they want the, that yeah, tip. The, they want the tip of the iceberg. Right. That's the only part they can see, and that's mm. that's kind of the tip of the iceberg. That it comes back to people. People have dreams and people have goals, mm. but because we're not taught how to think intentionally about our dreams and goals we have these far off ideals of what life looks and it's off and on the top of a mountain you know you got that clouds and the fog and all that Mm -hmm. stuff but from where we're standing to where that is we don't know how to chart that and so we see people who we think are on their own mountaintops right and we're like subconsciously i want to know how she did it i want to know how he did it i want to know like what they know Mm -hmm. because i don't want to be where i am right 
and that's enough, probably never articulated right. even mentally mm-hmm. but that's I think that's the thing right and even from an internal perspective like from the, the individual mm-hmm. it's like you have that internal and those external battles and I think it, it ideally especially going off of what a lot of the themes on different episodes of Chef's Table is is that you have this person who got the spark of like, oh, I want to be a chef. I want to do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. They go through the gauntlet, the fire, the, the, the hard thing, which, which defines them in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they eventually get to the point where like, I want to do something differently or they get burned out and want to go on their own path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they eventually move to a place where like they find what their purpose is or like a path that they could go to. Mm-hmm. Like it moves from a profession to mm-hmm. a craft to like solving a problem mm-hmm. like or whatever that may be or or it might be an expression of what makes them them or a part of their story which in storytelling is a huge thing with chef stable mm-hmm. but like it becomes bigger than them mm-hmm. it starts off with you your concern for you mm-hmm. you know I got to make sure all these things in place and then once you get to a point where it's bigger than you and you just want to share these things with people like you kind of transcend to a point where you've honed your craft, mm-hmm. but now you could, it isn't about getting a paycheck. And you know, ideally when you hone your craft, you could get to that point where you could take care of yourself, mm-hmm. but it's more than just doing this particular thing or getting this Michelin star or whatever award it may be for whatever industry. And I think where a lot of our frustration is, is in that middle where people are trying mm-hmm. to fit, like in terms of the context of the hair, it's like yeah. people are still, they're already defined in their profession or they know what they want to do but they haven't like sharpened that enough where they could even have the, you know, the self-actualization conversation about, okay, how do I take this thing and actually be happy about doing this thing? And they, from what they see from an iceberg perspective, they see you seem very happy mm-hmm. when in reality, we still trying to figure this yeah. out ourselves. Yeah, and you have to be humble in the midst of this. Otherwise, that compliment or those sporadic, oh, you're killing it, um, you could get stuck on. Oh, okay, I'm. Uh, that means I'm doing some things right. Let me sit right. here and make yeah, this. Yeah, I could stay here for a little bit. My spot, mm-hmm. and then it's like, no, you're not really killing it. But you could lie to yourself, and allow other people to inadvertently enable you in lying to yourself. Right. Right. Um. So we have to be mindful of that too. With personas, mm. is you know, be real. Just mm-hmm. be authentic. You know, makes sense. I thought it was interesting, Travis, when you said that people are defined in their careers, but they never actually get, or seldom probably get to the point where their that their skills are sharpened enough so that they can have that reach that point where they can think about things differently. And what I thought of was like just Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And once we get to a point where we're comfortable, it's very difficult if you're not driven to yeah. accomplish something beyond you. Like if, because we can, you can be clear on the career goals you have. You can be clear, mm-hmm. well, not even the career goals. You can be clear on the career you want. You can be clear on those, on how you want to solve those or provide for those needs that you have. But if you don't have a, goal, dream, vision, whatever you want to call it, that stretches beyond that so that when you get to the point where you're comfortable that something is going to push you, it's very difficult to move beyond that point. Because mm-hmm. that that then is not just a, it's not just a lack of clarity for the next step. 
that's just it's just gray area like, right that's the clouds. and that's where a lot of people get stuck or feel yeah. like they get stuck i guess because again too like you could and you could be in whatever career you're currently in mm -hmm. and be great at that or great at the task and activity is but, but if you don't have you that, stay at that no not it doesn't mean you don't stay at that level and it doesn't mean that is that defines you mm -hmm. right you may be passionate about something and then those skills and tools you develop over time can now be applied to that thing you are passionate about mm -hmm. right but again i think people get stuck again is at that 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 a crossroad where they don't they don't know where to go or even seeing what they may be passionate about as a viable route that they could go mm -hmm. and apply the skills that they may have and then aligning those two things, right? Mm -hmm. So like you may be in a like whatever financial industry you're in and you get really good at not only just the, the balancing of finances, but like project management and stuff like those smaller skills that you pull up over time. Mm -hmm. And those could be used as the skeleton to say, let me take this, this and this and put it in my own shop or my own show and stuff right. like that. And I think a lot of people never, you know, put those, mesh those two together yeah. or know that they can mesh those two together. And the thought of meshing those two together could get scary, again, bringing it back full circle mm -hmm. because that is the road less traveled mm -hmm. and people already been giving you a pat on the back for what you've been doing already. Right. So you might get scared that, okay, I may not get these pats on the back anymore for right. trying this new particular thing. That performance anxiety. Right. But, I mean, to be honest, most people don't aspire to self-actualization. They really don't. It is comfort. It's let me pay my bills comfortably. Let me have a house. Let me have certain things. Let me be able to go on vacation. Mm. Um, so you hit like the, I forget how many tiers there are, like four or five. Um, the goal for most people, you you are ambitious so that you can get those things. Mm -hmm. And then you're good. Self-actualization, where it's you are solving a problem mm. or something bigger than yourself, like you said before. Mm. Most of us don't aspire to that. We don't care about that. Um, and so we will not put those different smaller things together. There's no need to. It, it, that, and I would also argue too, would, would you, let me frame it as a question then, mm -hmm. would you argue then because of where we are economically or whatever times that we're in, yeah. and if you're talking about Maslow again, yeah. do you feel like most people cannot even get to that point? Because the majority, I would say, I mean, because we, we're having this conversation at a at a self actualization level, right? <laughs> to right, be honest, correct. When yeah. most of people still try in survival so, mode, yeah, just physical like to how I can pay these bills, yeah, how I can do on the stuff like that, so they can't even so reach that, that point. That, act, that actually adds. That's very valid. That adds an extra level of an extra level to the barrier to self actualization because getting to the point where you're comfortable is a whole other kettle of fish mentally and just thinking along that path when you're struggling to meet those physical needs, when you're struggling right. to have food and make sure your yeah. bills paid mm. and your children in No, dying. yeah, yeah. Maslow's yeah. hierarchy of needs is not, you could skip, or you can't skip steps. Yeah. You have to meet the basic <clears throat> of that step and then you go to the next and one. And so the stress and the anxiety that goes along with that level and the uncertainty that are of that level pale locally, where people, where the majority of people are struggling to meet those needs, that just 
the whole idea depressing AF. No, but it is. I, I mean, it is. But that's the reality. Yeah. Of what it is, or we move. We, we may move up and then move back down. Yeah. Mm. And all of it is from a position. I mean, from us, from us at least, for one degree or next, it is from a position of privilege. And then right. we talk right. about if we are really talking about again moving similarly to the path like a lot of people on chef's table if we're talking about a point when we do after we figure out how to survive and get to a point where we could actually not only fulfill our own needs at that level but to solve bigger problems that's probably a bigger challenge that we would have to come across or try to see how we could contribute to solving those bigger issues if we are really using the best of our God-given ability right. to mm -hmm. really make a difference right. or to really reach as much people as possible. But... What was your question? Um, no, that was the question. I think that was the question. You didn't ask mm. it, I don't think. No. No, but I mean, no, the question I was framing was, like, do you think, I mean, would you agree that people can't get to this conversation because they're at a security level? Yeah. Um, or the, like the survival head, mode? The, yeah. the mind is just too filled with, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know where side hustle, all these different side hustles come from? It's a necessity. We cannot pay bills. Our parents didn't have to worry about having a side hustle for the most part. Ah, it's more, you mean, in this context, it's more of a, uh, a necessity versus mm -hmm. just having a, uh, yeah. more of a passion that, oh, oh, yeah. I, wanted, oh I always wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. It's more like, but hustle, I'm good at that. I need more money. Let right. me try this. Right, type of your thing. side Word. hustle comes from what you're good at. Word. It's not, oh, I want to use this as a segue into something else. Mm. No. Not all the time, no. Not usually. Necessity, and then you realize, like, oh, I could make real money from this. And then for some people, it plants in the back of their mind, oh, maybe I could tr eventually transition out of what I do now into that thing that I do on the side if I could grow it mm. and it could sustain me. But our parents didn't, and I'll, I'll give an example to drive this point home. Um, back in 1986, 87, my mother was making $24,000 a year. Okay, that was a lot of money. That was quasi-government, a lot of money. I'm talking about she could buy a car off the lot, new, save up money, get the mortgage, pay that, could go on vacation, start the college, call the kids' college fund, put us through school. I mean, of course, my parents together. Um, and so then you think about it in 2019, someone is still making 24000 or less. Right. That is crazy. Yeah. But mm -hmm. cost of living has gone up exponentially. Exponentially. And wages have not. Of course. Plus five. Right, but making $24,000 a year, like you can't afford a new car. No. Your car payments alone, off a lot, here is going to take up, I would probably say a third to almost half of your paycheck for the month. Mm. Okay? Um, that's just to let you know the necessity of having a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Right. So. That's really interesting because you, you made that point and I realized. Uh, they were here earlier. Somebody that I know now does weight making workshops, but I remember like two years ago, she was still, she didn't, like she was still working at a hotel, maybe two to three years ago, because she and I worked at Atlantis together. Um, and doing her- I didn't know that. You knew that I worked at Atlantis, you silly sir. All right. Um, she, she is old, she knew she was good at hair, doing hair. 
but that was never a thing to make money from. Mm -hmm. And so at one point she was restoring people's old wheel. Mm -hmm. Like she'd take a whole matted nonsense and desk and it would be like new. Mm -hmm. And so she started to get paid for that. And then she branched into making wings. I think at one point she, before she got to making wings, she was installing hair. And so you could see the progression. And because she's on my Facebook, like I could see the progression and link it back to what you said, that that was something that she was just good at. Mm -hmm. And because she couldn't find a job, she was like, okay, I need to make some money. And mm -hmm. that's how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, like, she good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is good. Yeah. Which I love. I appreciate it. Yeah. But that. But sometimes you that need that. That makes a lot of sense, though. Culturally, locally. Yeah, culturally, and and if that is the and if that is the situation that we're in more so than people transitioning into these psychics, out of necessity, and that may be a um a great motivator to like launch into that, yeah. right? But then again, they'll more times than not they'll still probably come to that gray area block of making a decision either mm -hmm. to do this full time. Yeah. Um, or you know what the next step of it is or seeing it more as a potential opportunity because yeah i mean they pay this bills but if they really bleed this amount of energy into it that maybe could grow and just or maybe not they might do something that they think is a side hustle but they can't really scale it due to whatever constraints that they may have mm -hmm. right i think it would be really interesting to see the ratio of people who start who went into business intentionally mm -hmm. and people who just kind of stumbled into it mm -hmm. I think yeah. that would be a very interesting ratio. Yeah. Um, because thinking about it, I my you know my dad's well he stumbled into the printing business, and then he saw that it could that he could make money, and so he invested in that. Mm -hmm. But that was never his goal. Yeah. Um, so I because I was gonna say I think a lot of the older generation may have gotten into it intentionally. Intentionally, yeah intentionally um so and then that's also an interesting demographic if that is true if the majority of business owners or people who offer a service for money on the older side went into business intentionally and those mm -hmm. of us who are younger just stumbled into it out of necessity mm -hmm. that's a, that's that's interesting because that would change the conversation and a lot of stuff that's interesting that you say that because for those who may have gone into business intentionally the older generation and those who had a nine-to-five mm -hmm. job um, working for other people they would have underscored to our generation the need for mm. education and to mm. get a stable job True. now there are those who will say yeah well you need to come and work for the family business yeah. once you finish that education mm. um, but for many of them they told us to be stable and get Right. a job mm -hmm. what is also interesting to me now thinking about this more thoroughly if that is the case of necessity right i mean in entrepreneurship we always talk about risk yeah right but let's take it into the context of the side gigger yeah in terms of they they start a side hustle mm -hmm. and you know the thought of it is uh, you know going full-time you have your perceived risk yeah. of what could go wrong. You still can't really touch it, but you know like all the scary things about yeah. going into the business, what you might hear from the thing. Yeah. But they are constantly battling that with the real risk of what they would have to give up. They yeah. know and tangibly they could see by giving us up. Yeah. When you give this up, mm -hmm. you give up a check every week. 
you give up insurance, insurance mm-hmm. you give up pain, like, and sick days. And sick days. <laughs> and I think we used to look at that in different silos. But like mm-hmm. that is what they also is. It's hard for them. First of all, they're doing what they're doing out of necessity to make more money. Yeah. Um, and it's harder to pull away from that when you have to correlate those two risks mm-hmm. that Absolutely. you have to battle with. Absolutely. Until it gets to a point where it's like you have to make this particular decision. So mm-hmm. I, I could get now through conversation why it's such a struggle for someone yeah. to necessarily pull that trigger yeah. because of. You know what it is. Some people take the leap. Sometimes it's not that you know it's serious. Sometimes mm-hmm. a client, uh, uh, your depending on how you play the cards, your boss or your old job may be your first client. Like you know, it yeah. really depends on how you work it out in the industry and stuff like that. But those are probably that that that's probably the subconscious battle that's going on in yeah. the head of yeah. a person who would probably want to make that transition. Well, I mean, I, I could speak from that perspective because I used to have a nine-to-five. Um, I had a nine-to-five for the first, like, seven or eight years of me being back home after college. Um, and I was aware of what I would have been giving up once I realized that maybe I should work for myself at some point. Mm. Um, that dream is stronger than... And Yeah, because I realized, like, I um, what some people would consider or at least at that time unstable in that I never stayed at a place for more than two, two and a half years. Um, I had about four different jobs since I was home, um, which was a lot to some people mm. of switching. But my thing was, okay, I'm done. Oh, sorry. The thing for me was... Emphasis on done! <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I've learned all that I could. I have mastered this thing. Mm. I'm now bored. I'm not being mentally stimulated. Um, I'm not learning anything new. I'm not adding any more skills. I already have the connections that I need if I need them. What's next? You know? Um, and you can't, you can't decide to take on what you want to take on and how you're going to be stimulated when you take on work according to your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could be honest and say on the flip side of it, because I know what I gave up, there has been times last year, for example, where I was like, let me go back to that. Because as hard as people, as much as there are some nine to fivers who will say, oh, you're so lucky to work for yourself. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Yeah. And I and we look there's at it. There's a lot of perception. There's a lot of, of, of nonsense and glitter. Right. And you there's perception. And we, we, the we look at them. They, they don't know. And we look at them reverse too. Man, it would be the nice to. to yeah, it would be nice to get a consistent paid amount vacation? of money on a thing. A paid what? vacation? What? I could get paid and, and I could call vacation? in. Whatever sick. the middle thing is. <laughs> let me buy that. I want that. Right. So, so for me, it's like. Um, I want what you have. Right. I wish, but I want my flexibility, but I want what you have. And that's a whole, that could be a whole different, uh, the grass is greener yes. argument. That could be a yeah. whole episode. That's a whole episode. We can, itself. we'll write that down. Yeah. For, we'll, we'll put yeah. that, we'll put that in the vault for everybody at home. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, and I guess to bring it like that, I mean, first of all, I mean, if you have not watched Chef's Table, watch Chef's Table, please. There's a lot of different Yo, it stories. Was good. It was good. From I different people in different surprised. backgrounds. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway overall is like, it's a battle. Yeah. It always will be a battle. It'll yeah. never not be a battle. 
Um, and if you get anything from watching this series, like mm -hmm. you get to see these amazing people in these stories and like the challenges that they have. Yeah. Like it was one chef, well even talking about like in terms of necessity, so there's mm -hmm. one chef on it, Alex Atala, mm -hmm. who he only became a chef in order to get a visa. Oh wow. That was a job for him okay. to get a visa to get out of the, okay. the country. Or like you have another chef, Grant Ashatz, uh, he's mm -hmm. a chef from Chicago, mm -hmm. who got this disease and he had to get his tonsils or you know his like glands or something like from his neck taken out mm -hmm. and he lost he couldn't taste food for a long period of time a chef of How a does that work? he remembered it from memory like he wow. played with the idea of these different tastes and flavors yeah. and he deconstructed it without using wow. the taste so it's a lot of amazing stories but like um and again we all too and i see i, I look at i watch these things and i like to see the parallels and how yeah they work in my life, mm -hmm. but also just amazing stories in terms of people not giving up. And a lot of these people started around our age and didn't know, you know, what life was or, you know, where it was going to take them. Um, yeah. But somehow they were able to marry a craft um, and make it their own and then mm -hmm. do something bigger than them. And I think that's something to aspire to at bare minimum. I mean, my takeaway or my final word would be um, be flexible, you know. Like I, I know a lot of people who are, don't know what they should be doing, are afraid as heck to explore, to find out. Um, I've not had that issue. <laughs> I'm willing to explore too much. But <clears throat> the thing is, you will never know, like if you don't explore, you can't stumble upon. Mm -hmm. that's, that's all it is. So if you're willing to stay on the path that is safest, even though you are super unhappy and you don't want to be on that path, like you can't find another road less traveled. You can't find another path if you're not willing to step off onto something else. Yeah. Um, my final thoughts is just keep your eyes open. Like you don't have to be miserable. Like. Shannon was saying, you don't have to be miserable. There is another path. It may not necessarily look like everybody else's path. It may not look like it makes sense. But you do have options. You do have options. Mm -hmm. And keep your eyes open. The two, not the one, the two. Bang. And that wraps up episode five. Thank you all for listening again. Doing some shameless plug, we recorded this episode and Venture Coworking is an office and resources for entrepreneurs where we have a lot of different offerings and services for entrepreneurs at different levels mm -hmm. where they may be. Um, and it's just a community based on people just trying to figure this thing called life out uh, while surviving, I guess, from a, from a level degree. Um, I am Travis and I with Shana Etchcombe. And Jermaine. And thanks for listening and stay tuned for more episodes. Again, when this episode hits, um, let us know uh, more topics that you want us to discuss in the comments. Please engage and please share and subscribe for more information down the line. Thank you all for listening and next time. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces? <laughs> yeah, I don't know.